Good evening. We're going to be looking at some Psalms this evening, uh, Psalm 1 this evening. We're going to start a series of looking at the Psalms. I kind of did an overview last time, but didn't really get into any of the meat of any of the Psalms, and that's because I intend to uh, start looking at the Psalms a little bit more in depth to try to get a picture of uh, God's message for us in the Psalms. I think there's some extremely valuable messages for us. As we looked at the overview of the Psalms, we kind of got a taste of that, an idea that through the Psalms we're able to connect to God on a deeper level, and I'm hoping that we can start to see that as we begin our study of these different psalms. Um, there's a lot of sayings out there that are very simple, that are very, but are, are very true. Like, uh, if I were to summarize Psalm 1, I would just say, those who do good are blessed by God, and those who do not do good, those who do evil, are not blessed by God. It's a very simple statement, right? And, and we may just kind of uh, be skeptical of that. That just sounds too simplistic. or, or we're, we, we might want to make it a little more complicated, but really that's what it boils down to, and that's the truth. And as we, as we study through this psalm, we're going to understand more about that, but that's essentially what this psalm is pointing us to, is this fundamental foundational truth, is that those who do good are blessed and those who do evil and pursue evil will not be blessed. Uh, this is the, the core of everything that we do on this earth. Everything that we do should be uh, with this idea, this thought in mind that if we pursue what is good, then God will ultimately bless us. And if we pursue what is evil, then those blessings will be taken away from us. I don't want to overcomplicate things. I just want to lay that out there. That's what this psalm is pointing at. And we need to know that. We need to have that in our hearts. And as we study this together, I hope that will get inside of us even more firmly. To know that we can pursue what is excellent and find blessings from God uh, is a tremendous benefit to us as we live our lives. Okay. So first of all, let's start out just reading these six verses in Psalm 1. Notice this is the introduction to the Psalter. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So here we see this whole Psalter, this 150 chapter book, starting off with this wisdom psalm that says, Blessed is the man who does this and does not do this. This sounds a lot like... Uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Remember the very first sermon we have recorded in Matthew of Jesus's starts off with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, uh, those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, where they will all be satisfied that they will be blessed by God. And the same idea we find in this very beginning of the Psalter is that God wants us to know who it is who He wants to bless. He wants everyone to understand uh, what the path of life 
is that we can choose that we can find favor with God. So what does that path look like? Well, he starts off with three things that we need to not do. (laughs) Blessed is the man who does not... uh, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Let's break those three things down. First of all, uh, walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Here's the idea of he doesn't follow wicked advice. The blessed man avoids that deception that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden uh, that says... Uh, you need to listen to me and not listen to God. The influence that that points man to a different direction than that which God has provided uh, for man to follow. And I think this uh, is is good for us to see because it helps us to think about the world that, that is around us. We live in a world of inescapable influence. All the time, we're being influenced by those around us. We have billboards as we drive down the road. We have TV shows with commercials telling us how to live, how to be, in order to be blessed in this life. We have uh, peers at work, peers at school that tell us that. We have teachers. We have uh, we have all kinds of things that influence us from a very young age. Uh, I see this in my own children. Children are being conditioned to think a certain way. Uh, you look at the the storyline of Disney movies, and you're just like, "Wait a second, <laughs> what's going on here?" Uh, there's some there's some influence that that Hollywood is trying to yield and 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 bring out so that everyone is believing a certain way. We're all being influenced by those around us. They're speaking to us from their vantage point. And, and we have to determine what is the way of the wicked and, and what is the way of the godly and try to distinguish which path we are to go down. Uh, as parents, we're trying to provide good counsel to our children. But sometimes our counsel could even be wicked for our children. We may make mistakes. And so as we grow up, we need good counsel. We need wisdom from those around us. And here the psalmist says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. The man who sees the counsel as being wicked and chooses not to follow it. Chooses not to do whatever it is they're being told is the best path to take. Like uh, Dave just said uh, in the Lord's Supper talking about Jesus dealing with the temptations of the devil. If God would have, if Jesus would have went down those paths, then that would have been wickedness and evil. So he had to distinguish and discern between what is good and what is evil. To have the blessed life, we must not listen to the influence of those around us that is leading us away from God. Second, he says, uh, blessed is the man who does not uh, take their path, is essentially what he's saying, stands in the way of sinners. This is pointing to uh, living the lifestyle that those around us are committed to. Uh, Blessed is the man who does not conform in a a society where everyone is pushing us to conform to their lifestyle, pushing us to accept the way that they live and to be like them. This is is like another level of influence. Not only are they telling us how to live, but they're living in a way that shows us what's normal. 
And here he says, Blessed is the man who does not follow after their path and and live and commit to their lifestyle. Think about the lifestyles of all those around us who are engaged in premarital sex, who are engaged in uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, who live after pursuing money, success, fame, uh, popularity, all these other things that those around us have, have revolved their life around these things. And we can very easily fall into that kind of temptation. And he says, Blessed is the man who does not live their lifestyle. The lifestyle of one who is blessed does not just follow after what everyone else is doing and, and assume that that's the best possible option. And third, he says, uh, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of scoffers, who does not join in with the, those who are mocking those around them. It's interesting that there's a progression in this text of ungodliness. It starts out with just listening to their counsel. It, it turns into living the lifestyle. And then it turns into, well, I'm so in agreement with this lifestyle that now I am mocking and making fun of everyone who lives a lifestyle that is different than me. And this is essentially what everyone does. Everyone wants to promote their religion. Even if they say, I don't have a religion. (laughs) Everyone wants to promote their religion and their religion could be uh, materialism. Their religion could be existentialism. It could be uh, just a philosophy, a belief, a way of life. And everyone wants others to accept their way of life. And if if you think differently than me, then I'm going to guilt you and shame you to justify my belief, even when you point out that it's wrong. Uh, This is the way of those who are not blessed. That they, they, They listen to the counsel of others, then they follow after their path, and then their life is not blessed, and their life is ruined, and they think, well, I'm going to drag some people in with me. I'm going to bring you down with me. If I'm going down, you're coming with me. And they try to justify what it is that they're doing and what it is that they believe. Uh, And and instead of making a change in their lifestyle, they instead pursue justifying their lifestyle so that they can continue to live it. Uh, You've heard it said before that uh, it's really hard to lower our standard of living. This is the way that we are in America. You, you, You get... So much money, and if you if if you lose your job, then accepting a job that's a lower payment, you know that that's 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 going to be really hard. It's a hard way of living. Well, this is the way we are about a lot of things. That whenever we attach ourselves to a lifestyle that is engaging in some sort of pleasures or or sins, it's hard for us to let those things go. And God says, uh, "Blessed is the man who does not join in with them. The man who is is able to see that that was." wicked advice, that was a wicked lifestyle, and does not go to the, the point of hardening his heart, but turns from that wickedness. This is, this is what the blessed man does not do. And as he continues, he tells us what the blessed man does. Uh, notice as you continue verse 2, it says, you would think, it would say, uh, blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the righteous, stands in the way of the godly, and sits in the seat of those who praise the Lord. you think it would say the opposite of verse 1, but he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, after the three things are stated that the blessed man does not do, 
we essentially just have one thing that's stated in two different ways that the blessed man does. And that is, he is focused, his life revolves around the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord is his life and he delights in it and he meditates on it day and night. It is everything to him. This is the one thing that the blessed man does. And he's saying, if you want to live a blessed life, This is the thing that you must do. Delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. Let's think about this a minute. Delighting in the law of the Lord. Notice how this is beyond just reading it and knowing it. Right? This is actually having a heart that loves it, that delights in it. If I say, uh, I delight in ice cream, you know what I'm talking about. I love it. I want it. I'm, I'm enjoying every bite of it. Every unhealthy bite that it gives me. But this is uh, delighting in the law of the Lord is saying I'm taking it in like I'm taking in ice cream. Like I'm taking in honey. It is sweet to me. It, it is, it is ple- pleasurable to know and to understand the law of the Lord. But think about that. Um, do any of us delight in the law. Is this the way we typically think about the law of the Lord? Um, How many of us here delight in the richness of Leviticus? Yeah, that sounds real delicious. (laughs) Or the genealogies that are throughout the Bible. Or, you know, how many of us delight in the, the law? And the idea of law to a lot of us is more so a hindrance or something that we look at as though it's going to hinder us or stop us from fully enjoying all that this life has to offer us. This is the way that we typically view the law. But what what the psalmist says is that the blessed man delights in, enjoys, loves, seeks after the law of the Lord. What would this look like? This would look like somebody who gravitates toward the law. Like, I'm, I'm going home to relax, right? Well, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to recline and then I'm going to start watching TV and then I'm thinking, mm, you know, I, 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 want to, I want to read the law. I want to read, I want to read the Bible. I want to read what God's Word says because that delights me more than this television screen or that delights me more than this hobby or whatever it is that I'm, I'm engaging myself in. The person who delights in it is thinking, I haven't had enough of this yet. I need more. And, and the idea is that he is pursuing that thing because it is the, it is the place he can go to find favor in the Lord. It is the place he can go to find the blessed life that he is desiring and that he knows he needs. Uh, this is the way that God wants us to view His Word, that, that we would delight in it because it is the only source, it is the only way for us to have a blessed life. And it's, it's supposed to be, that's supposed to be our perspective. Well, also he says that he meditates on it Day and night. What does the word meditate mean? Think about that for a second. 
to meditate. You know, we might think about the way the world views meditation. You're just sitting there and you're trying not to think of anything whatsoever. That's kind of the way they, they put it. You get this internal peace and you're putting away all your worries and all your anxieties and all your stress. Well, that's not really the way the Bible talks about meditation. It's, it's actually, that word is, is intended to be more like he's muttering to himself, the law. That he is, he is constantly thinking about, constantly talking to himself about what that law says. So the one who is meditating on the law is not just reading the law and then saying, okay, I got my daily devotional in, now let's get to the other stuff in my life and separating out the reading of the law from everything else. But instead, his study continues beyond what happens whenever the Bible is in front of us. The one who is meditating on the Word of the Lord day and night is is not just reading it, going away and forgetting about it, but reading it and then thinking about it and studying it with his mind, holding the things that he's learned and taking them with him everywhere that he goes. That he He is contemplating how that Word applies to every situation as he's walking through life. Thinking about uh, as he's tempted to lie, how God has commanded him not to bear false witness. Thinking about as he's tempted to lust after something and make something his God, his everything, his ultimate. That no, God wants to be my ultimate. I know what God says about that. And, And I want to do what God wants me to do because I want to live a blessed life. I don't want to fall for the counsel of the wicked. I don't want to live their lifestyle. But I want to do what God wants me to do. Uh, The man who is meditating is like uh, a cow who is uh, chewing the cud, right? He's got got, uh, four... Cows have four chambers in their stomach and and they eat it and then they regurgitate it and then they chew on it some more and then they eat it again. And they do this all subconsciously. It's really gross to think about. But they're, they're just constantly... It's constantly coming up in their mind again and they're thinking about it and digesting it and, and it's becoming a part of them. And they're getting all the rich nutrients out of it that, that we can possibly get. This is what the blessed man's life looks like. Uh, whenever a king of Israel uh, was commanded uh, in Deuteronomy, he was told that you are to write a copy of the law and that copy of the law is going to be approved by the priest. So the, the kings are not supposed to be, uh, you know, being a scribe is not typically what we think of whenever it comes to, to kings. But here's a requirement of God to have someone who is in that leadership position taking the time to write out every bit of the law and having that scripture, that scroll approved by a priest. And think about what that's going to do. That's going to help them to navigate their kingship, to navigate their life, to know what choices to make, and to not be lifted up above uh, his brothers, but to think about the command of the Lord for him and about how God wants him to live. This is the way God wants the, the mankind to live, that, that we're thinking about, we're dwelling on the law of the Lord, and we're applying it in every aspect of our life. Well, Let's pause for a second and think about this idea of being blessed. How exactly is 
the man blessed, right? The picture is, blessed is the man who does not follow the way of the wicked, but who delights in the law of the Lord. Well, what exactly blesses that? What what does it mean that he is blessed? Does that mean he's going to be filthy rich? Does that mean he's going to have every single thing in his life that he could possibly imagine go his way and he's going to enjoy everything? Well, look at the illustration he gives us in verse 3. He says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Notice these words that are used here. First of all, he says, he's like a tree that is planted beside streams. Okay, So just imagine a tree planted beside streams. It's, it's, it's planted and now it's got the water source that's providing it life. It's able to dig its roots down deep so that it, it can weather the storm and it can last and live a long time. And, and it's yielding its fruit in its season. Think about this as well. The idea is not that it's yielding fruit every day of the, the year, but that in its season, it is able to yield fruit and and it's not dying it, the leaves never with never wither away the picture is that it's an evergreen tree it's a tree that's constantly able to to be alive all the time but that is yielding fruit only in its season and notice that he says in all that he does he prospers now that's fascinating to me because Whenever you think about this idea, uh, blessed is the man who does not uh, do this and who does that, you kind of think about that and you might be tempted to say, well, you know, I know plenty of people who delight in the law and, and you know, their life is really a roller coaster. I mean, they're, they're suffering just like everybody else. What's, what, you know, this is not realistic, actually, to say that, uh, that by delighting in the law of the Lord, everything is going to go good for us. Is that really what he's intending to say here? Well, the picture throughout Scripture has always been that God gives the law for our good. God always has provided the law for us that we can know and understand Him and that we can know and understand how to live a blessed life, how to live a life that is good, that is enjoyable, that is uh, fruitful, and that is alive for God, that that finds favor with God. And, And this is true for us as well, that if we delight in the law of the Lord, we delight in the Word of God, that our lives will be made better as a result of this. But one thing that's important to understand is that psalms are wisdom literature and they're poetic literature that's like the Proverbs. It's general in its truth. This is as, as those who uh, abide by the law of the Lord are blessed that they have good things that happen that fill their life. Without the law of the Lord, our lives in general will be terrible. This is a, this is not a absolute every everyday idea that our lives will always be blessed. But the picture that he even gives us here is that there is a cyclical fruitfulness that's happening in our lives. That there are times of great fruitfulness and times of great blessing, uh, and then there are times when you know we're just weathering the storm. We're just surviving because life throws things at us and and we've got our roots down deep so that we're not falling over and we're not dying. But, you know, I think this psalm is extremely realistic and that idea that 
you know, good and bad happens in our lives, but are we still alive and are we still blessed? Well, yeah, we are because we find favor with the Lord. Uh, Notice he says as you continue, and this will be made a little bit more clear as we continue. uh, Verse 4, he says, The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Notice the picture of, of those who are wicked is uh, as chaff. Chaff is the dried up part of the, the wheat or the grain that after they, they harvest it, they start to beat out the, the wheat and the chaff is the dead particles that go flying in the air. They're not rooted at all. They're just flying with the wind and they have no stability. They have no hope of blessedness and they're just flying and then they're threshed out and then you get all that dead stuff and then you just throw, you throw it in the fire. That's the way the New Testament points out to us uh, that they did things. So you have a comparison being given here of a tree that's planted by streams of water and chaff that is driven away by the wind. This really kind of helps us to, to deal with this, to understand this a little bit better. That the man who is blessed by God is the one who is firmly rooted in his life. That he is, he is one who is, is able to stand steady and, and firm whenever all the hard and rough times come. He's not being thrown around and tossed around by the wind, living an unstable life. That, that is suffering all the time from all kinds of different directions. But he is a man who is, who is stable and is blessed by God. They may, you know, the, the wicked may appear blessed in our lives. As we look at this, this is just a general truth. As we live our lives, many of the wicked may appear blessed. Uh, but he says right here, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Ultimately, their lack of blessing will be made evident. This is the the conclusion that the Psalms come to over and over and over again, is that those who choose not to pursue what is good will always find that they're missing the greatest blessing of all. They may think that they're, they're blessed and that everything's going well for them right now, but ultimately, the picture is God is for those who delight in His law and He's against those who reject it. So, those who listen to the wicked, who live like they live and mock them uh, and reject those who are trying to do what's right, God rejects. And they don't receive the ultimate blessing in the, in the end. And this is the picture uh, that, that we get in Romans 1, 18-32, is that by choosing to live the wicked life, God is going to withdraw blessings and, and our life will spiral out of control because those laws were for our good. We don't want to live in a society that thinks it's okay to take away everything just because I want it. We don't want to live in a society that completely ignores the laws of God. Uh, And we understand that even though some of the wicked are seeming blessed, that the way of God is better than the way of the wicked. 
Uh, and that's, that's essentially what this psalm is trying to point us to. This psalm is giving us a lens that we can look through and we can view our life. That those who, who delight in, who love the law of the Lord, will be blessed. It may not seem that way, and blessing is not really about these temporary circumstances that we find ourselves in, but it's more so about having the relationship with God. The blessed man is connected to the Creator and the King of all. That's what being blessed is really all about. It's not about having a ton of stuff. It's about having an eternal relationship with the One who owns it all and who has the ability to give as much as He desires to whoever He wants for all eternity. Nothing else in this life can give us this eternal blessing. No education, no religion, no life experience. Nothing will help us to know God like this book right here. And that's what the blessed life is really all about. It's about knowing God. It's about having a relationship where you love God and you understand His love for you and you understand how uh, even though there's, there's storms and there's trials and there's tragedies in this life, that ultimately you're blessed because God loves you enough that He sent, you, he sent His Son that you can live with Him for all eternity. Imagine the worst tragedy that you can. I mean, Job has, he loses all his, his children, he loses all of his possessions. I mean, he just loses so much. Imagine going through all of that. And we might say, that man is cursed. But God wouldn't say that. And even though that storm came uh, on Job's life, he was still. Uh, Blessed by God. And in the end, we saw the fruit that came. It was, it was a trial. It was a time of suffering. But in the end, we see Job rising up and being blessed. And those who are wicked are, are always cursed. I mean, the picture is those who, who God finds no delight in because they don't delight in Him, they will not be blessed. In the end, it may seem like those around us who are living for themselves are blessed, but we know that's not really the way it is. We're looking through a lens that helps us to see that even though it looks this way, even though it seems like this is going to help us to live a happier, fuller life, we understand that they're not blessed by God. They don't have the greatest blessing of all. So we need to remember this idea as we go out into our lives. We need to remember this tree metaphor. And when the storms of life come upon us, we need to think about where am I planted? Am I receiving the streams of of water that are giving me life, that are digging my roots deeper and deeper, that I am firmly planted? Am I receiving the blessing that God provides through the Word? Am I delighting in His Word? Am I meditating on His Word day and night? This is how I have a blessed life. And Jesus comes onto the scene and He says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink. Jesus is the Word of God in the New Testament. And we see that we find the words of life in Jesus. He gives us a bountiful spring of life that we need to be delighting in, that we need to be meditating on. Because the law of the Lord is not just about the commandments that we break and we mess up all the time. 
but it also reveals to us the steadfast and faithful love of our Creator who loves us and wants to bless us for all eternity uh, if we will choose Him over this life. So don't let the temporary circumstances of this life get you down. Uh, Don't listen to the ways of the wicked. Don't follow their path. And don't join them in hardening your heart. But instead, turn our attention to God to be faithful, to love Him, and receive the best blessing of all. The forgiveness of our sins and an eternity with Him in heaven when this life is over. I hope that this psalm helps you as we're thinking about the psalms to see the introduction to all the psalms. As as the psalmist wants us to understand, before we go any further in the psalms, what I'm writing you is to be delighted in and it is to be meditated on in order for you to have a blessed life. This is the way we view His Word. Uh, so if, if you have not been delighting in the Word of the Lord, I want to encourage you to do that. If you do not know your, your God and your Savior, uh, we want to help you in any way that we can. Uh, and if you, you have any need for prayers, uh, we want to encourage you to come forward as we stand and as we stand.